Benvindo, everybody, to the Win or Learn podcast, a podcast that follows our journey in the art of jujitsu. We'll discuss our wins and lessons and have special guests that we meet along the way. I'm your host, Tony. And I'm Isaiah. So let's roll right into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode three of season three of the Win or Learn podcast. Um, today, we are back. We took, I think, about a week off uh, yes. because we had some issues with training. So like issues in terms of like our, our health and our bodies. Um, so we took a little bit of time off because we didn't have really much to discuss. So uh, this week we were finally back training consistently for the first time, probably this in year. a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's been a long, it's been a while since we could say that. Um, it felt good. I think our bodies are in a good spot. And uh, yeah, so we're just gonna talk a little bit about what we did this week, uh, and also how it feel like how we feel after training, you know, consistently for a week. Um, so yeah, we want to go into a little bit of what we did this week, Tony. Yeah. So like you mentioned, we kind of have been on and off with our training. We've had a lot of injuries kind of pile up injuries on your side, injuries on my side. So kind of really limited what we've been able to do and how we've been able to train. So this last week was our first week that we've trained three days uh, in a week, probably all year. Uh, Yeah, definitely all year. Yeah, definitely. So I want to start by like talking about, Physically, how I felt, I think I have, it was a little rough at the beginning of the week, but I feel like physically I was finally present. Uh, I was able to kind of keep up and train. I'm still not fully like trying during when we spar because I still have that like a lingering injury and it's a pretty serious one. So I don't, I don't want to re-aggravate it, make it worse or extend this kind of time that we, that we've had off. So I've kind of been taking it easy, training kind of light and making sure that I kind of protect, protect my ribs and stuff like that. Cause it's a rib injury. Yeah. So. Oh, and I think that's another important thing to kind of highlight about why it's been kind of slow recently as well. I think we haven't discussed it since our last episode. I don't even think we discussed in our last episode about how things kind of piled up at the same time. Um, you obviously like had a rib injury slash chest injury where it was hard for you to breathe. Yeah. Uh, you just a lot of pain a lot of inflammation like in your sternum as well so it's been very uncomfortable for you and for myself i've been having a foot injury um that it's kind of been nagging for the last few months and i really didn't know what it was um against better judgment i decided to not go to the doctor as soon as i probably should have because then when i realized the severity of it um, i ended up going getting some tests done and getting some imaging done and turns out i actually have a partially torn tendon in my right ankle so that has been li- also has been limiting me. But recently, uh, luckily, it's nothing too severe in the sense that, like, I didn't need immediate surgery now, but there is risk of that popping. So fully, right. like, tearing or fully rupturing, the, the risk is there. So I've been having to manage that as well. So now I'm training with a brace, training with tape, which feels weird because it feels like I can't move as well. Just because, you know, I rely, I guess in the sport in general, you really rely on being on your toes and a lot of lateral movement. And when you have something that's actively limiting that motion, it feels very awkward. But the pain is slowly going away. Um, I'm in this situation for like about the next month or so where I have to kind of limit what my ankle can do. So that, those are like kind of the circumstances surrounding our layoff for a little bit or our inconsistency just because we haven't been 100% physically. And they're pretty severe injuries to the point where pushing it could make it worse. And then we might be out of training even longer than we'd like to be right yeah so that being said this week um 
we worked in turtle position a lot. So we were, for those of you who don't know, turtle position is basically like curling up in a ball, but you put your elbows. So you're kind of like face down and you put your elbows kind of by your knees and you kind of sit back on your, on your heels. So turtle position is kind of a, a difficult uh, position to kind of get in, in terms of if you're in a sparring session with somebody and you get to turtle, it's better than, you know, getting your guard pass or anything like that, which is typically how people end up in turtle position. They're getting their guard pass and they kind of roll into their side and then get into turtle. It's not the best position, but it's a defensive position where you prevent someone from passing your guard. That being said, we work turtle. It's a great kind of way for the person who's on top kind of attacking to better their skills from the top. So at the beginning of the week, we worked turtle and then we were working clock chokes. And clock choke is something that I've tried in the past, specifically with one of our coaches who at the time was a blue belt, but is now a purple belt. So him and I kind of, when he trains, I kind of like training with him because him and I kind of go at the same pace. And even though he's almost double my age, oh, he might not be double. He's he's a little bit older than me. Uh, We kind of have like matching injuries. So we like to train together. So we kind of you know, kind of match up that way. And I remember it was almost like a month or two ago, I got him into turtle and I couldn't sink the clock joke in and I didn't know why. And then like this week really helped kind of sharpen that skill that I feel like I kind of knew. And I'm not saying I'm a hundred percent like great at clock choking. I think there's still some things I can work out, but there was this one adjustment that one of our coaches kind of told us. And then we, you and I, we both immediately saw the difference in, how we can you know, yeah. successfully choke somebody when mm-hmm. doing the clock choke. And it was the direction of the hip, which seems some, like it's something super, super small. But it was so effective once we were able to kind of shift. So let me explain. Clock choke, you have your partner in turtle, and then you kind of have your knees matched up with each other, like knee to knee. Uh, so the person on top is knee to knee. And then they have one arm over the shoulder and then the other arm kind of under their armpit. And so the idea is to kind of grab the uh, lapels and then kind of drop your weight towards your partner's shoulders. The person on top has to drop their weight onto their partner's shoulders and then kind of start walking around, kind of kicking their legs out like a, like the arms of a clock. Mm -hmm. So the issue that we had been running into is that we, at least for myself, I had been running into was that I would get the, the grips on the lapel and then I would start walking around but it would take too long for you to tap so what one of our coaches said is when instead of like facing your hips down towards the mat towards their head put your hips up Mm -hmm. and have your hips face the wall that's in front of you that way you get a a tighter choke and boom just like that it worked like like magic so that was like one thing that I feel like I didn't know before or they probably told us and I just never really did it but that really, really helped with the clock choke. Yeah, for sure. I think that's uh, one of the big ones. Uh, you know, just keep making sure your hips are always facing forward, and when you're rotating, to try to keep your hips out as much. Because I think, I don't know if it's just like natural motion. A lot of times, I would try to like drive my hips into my opponent instead of away from them. So having that coaching this week of like, okay, make sure like your hips are facing out, uh, really helped me, you know, sink that token a little bit better. And another thing that I don't think we've discussed before, and I don't know why, and I, I know I've heard it before, but I think it just hit different this week. Like, it's it's always, like, one of those things where sometimes you hear something again and it's kind of like, oh, like, that makes sense. So 
was the thing that our coach said about your wrist. So in a clock choke, if you go too deep and you go past like someone's collarbone, like kind of into like the ear area, like when you do a cross collar choke, a lot of times when you're bending your wrist in that manner to get the underhook and to kind of get that choke across on the lapel for a clock choke, if you extend your wrist too much, you could actually damage your wrist. And that's one thing I think I was, I've never been that careful with until she mentioned it this week. And I was like, okay, like I need to be more mindful where I'm positioning my wrist because it's a, it's one of those things where if you continue to like bend your wrist and put so much pressure and so much force into your wrist, um, bending it in a direction that it doesn't want to go in pretty much, uh, you could kind of compromise your wrist in the long run. So later on when we want to do those chokes or you want to do any kind of choke, you're going to be limited um, based on, you know, damage that your wrist has already kind of taken from past training sessions. So I think that was another thing for me that uh, was really helpful because I remember in the past, I did have like wrist pain after training clock chokes. So like the day after I would feel like that pain. So, and I didn't feel that this week and we did a lot of them. So that was a good sign. And I think another thing that we, now that we're talking about like taking the back and then also like turtle position, the defense of the clock choke would be to roll, right? So you want to roll well for me, like if it was the person's on my right side trying to choke me, I'll try to roll over my left shoulder and have them roll with me. And that way I could try to break that that choke. So one thing that they mentioned was the fact that when that's happening, the best way is to kind of face your hips out and then drive your head to the mat to kind of limit that option of the person being able to roll you over. So you kind of like load up your weight on their shoulders and then try to put your head down to the mat. So I really did enjoy that just because, like you said, it's uh, one of those chokes that there's a lot of technique involved. And if you are able to work on that technique and get it down to um, get it down to the T, you don't have to be the strongest person. You don't have to be the most talented person. You just have to you know, know what you're doing and where to position yourself and it'll be effective. And that's what we found to be true. Like when we were doing everything exactly how it was explained and exactly how it was demonstrated by our coaches, like we would tap like instantly almost like it was instant um like it was an instant choke like once the legs started rotating around and once the arms were in it was like immediate yeah and i i think that was another big thing that we we learned that day was the wrist positioning just because like thinking about long term it's like not just getting the choke now but also being able to choke people in the future it's a it's a big thing so the degradation of the wrist was something i had no idea about so do you want to get into what would else we learned throughout the week yeah so we also worked on back takes so two different ones actually so the first one was kind of similar with the setup for the clock choke where you have uh an underhook on one side and then you're like kind of an i think it's called an overhook if i remember correctly on the other side then you kind of seat belt the person down and then what you would do is you bring your outside knee the one that's where your foot's planted you bring that one in and then you shift your hips kind of, and then your inside leg gets kicked out. And then you use that inside leg to push off and then roll the person onto your back, onto their back. And you basically take their back from there. And then the second one that we worked with was where you get under hooks on both sides and you control the person's lapels. And you kind of do like the zip tie method. I think we've mentioned that before as well, where you make sure you get rid of all the slack in the lapel so you zip tie them and then you grab the person's lapel and then you kind of do the same thing. You bring your leg in 
other leg kicks out, and then the one leg that's out, you use that to kind of push yourself to roll them over. But for this one, there was a little bit of a modification because you end up with the person on top of you. So you're flat on your back, and the other person is, like, inside of your hooks, or, like, you kind of get your hooks in. Um, so that was, like, the main thing, like, making sure you get your hooks in, making sure you control the person. And then do you want to talk about the pillow? That, that was really cool to me. Like, just, I know we've heard it before, but it, it was a nice reminder. And it's always really nice because it's uncomfortable to choke somebody when they're all their weights on your chest. Yeah. So do you want so to talk about the pillow? Once, once you have, you know, you, you've kind of rolled them over and they're up on top of you. I think coach said that it was okay, like to try and sink the choke there, but sometimes it can be difficult. So what you have to do is whatever arm you have kind of like over their shoulder Uh, She says, kind of think of it as a pillow. So when you put people, when you go to sleep, people put their head on the pillow. So you would basically roll over onto the side. So if your right arm is over their shoulder, you would roll over to your right. So they can kind of less uh, like rest their head on your arm. And then that's where you would put them to sleep or or complete the choke. Yeah. Um, And then the jokes that we learned were, well, that we reviewed were um, the rear naked choke the cross collar from back yes yeah and then it was like a modified rear naked so if you couldn't get mm-hmm. your arm all or your bicep all the way in or across you kind of did this like hand-to-hand thing and you and you kind of inverted your your wrist in the opposite direction kind of laid it on their shoulder so we learned a couple of chokes this week we reviewed some a couple of ch- chokes this week so i thought it was really really useful I think this week was a great was a great week in the in the curriculum just because it kind of encompassed a lot of stuff, a lot of like attacks and also mm-hmm. defensive positions too. So I thought it was yeah. it was really good. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. And especially with the what you were mentioning about the um variety, so like the variations of the choke. So for somebody like me who doesn't have the longest limbs, uh, and you know, you're you're bigger than I am, so like you have broader shoulders than I do as well. So a lot of times it's harder for me to get like the rear naked choke into where I could actually, you know, bring my whole arm across and then wrap my other arm around the person's like head. So that's usually a very difficult technique for me just because I have shorter arms. So being able to learn that choke where you kind of stick your palm out as if like you're serving a plate or something, and then you anchor your elbow down to the person's back and then you kind of lock your hands yeah, together and squeeze. Yeah. yeah. So that, that that's kind of how I thought about it. And it, and it worked and like it was really effective for me because like I said, I do have shorter arms. So I was able to get like my first arm in pretty deep. And then once I locked my hands and started squeezing, it was really nice. It was a really nice choke. So like you said, I think it was a very effective, um, like a very effective variation. And I think just in general this week, we kind of found our stride a little bit more just because our bodies were holding up. And I think we we'd talked about this before that like when it comes to jujitsu, you really have to condition your body to be able to take the bumps and bruises of things that happen. Because if you're not used to it, or if you're not training consistently, it's harder to take those bumps and bruises, which is what we found. We, when we were being inconsistent in the past, the recent past, everything that happened felt a lot more painful than it should have felt. So now that we are being a little bit more consistent yeah, and you know getting more time on the mats, I'm starting to feel like my body's starting to catch up again and kind of getting to the point of where it was when we were training very consistently before the competition. So for that lead up to the competition, there was like two months there where we were going three to four times a week. And that was probably like, 
I would say like in quotations, like my prime of conditioning because yeah. everything that was happening, I wasn't feeling it. Like I was getting elbows, I was getting knees dug into like my ribs and all that, but it just, it didn't bother me because I was just so used to it already. And then that layoff, once we came back, everything hurts. Like somebody can barely like place their knuckles on my, like on my collarbone and it would be purple the next day. So I think I'm starting to finally find that, that sweet spot of where, you know, your body's kind of used to what's going on. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like, we only went to the beginners class this week because again, we're kind of still recovering from injuries. We're still trying to protect ourselves as much as we are able to in this, you know, it's a violent sport. So we're trying to protect ourselves as much as we can. But this week we kind of talked about this upcoming week of training. We kind of already discussed how this week we want to, we want to push a little bit more. So we want to start going back to the advanced classes to kind mm-hmm. of see it's to kind of keep up. Right. And it's like, mm-hmm. We just have to be, I, at least for myself, I want to be mindful of my situation because I still have a little bit of pain when I breathe. So if we're going to have, I mean, advanced classes, there's always sparring. So if, well, during the sparring, I'm probably just going to maybe sit out or maybe do less, maybe only do five minutes or 10 minutes rather than like a whole 20 minutes. I uh, Just to kind of, again, protect myself. I want to make sure that I can keep training, whether it's a little bit or a lot, but I don't want to go back to not training at all just because of injury. So that's kind of where we are. That's kind of where I am with my body in terms of injuries and where I want to be. What, what do you think about yourself? Why don't you tell us about yourself? Yeah. So I was kind of on, I think another reason why we were going so much to beginners class was because, or the fundamentals class was because I was also on a, like a do not spar order from my doctor. I was kind of, uh, yeah, that's you true. know, and, and that since I was limited, so I really couldn't do anything. And uh, Professor Tiago was very mindful of that as well. Like he told me, he was like, no, like even with certain techniques throughout the week, he was like, no, like that might not be the best for your ankle. Like you kind of have to pivot on that. Um, and then he was kind of, you know, coaching me and guiding me to be like, hey, like maybe you should avoid doing this because you don't want to push that too much. So I do appreciate that. So I was kind of in that, in that little state where, you want to do something, but it's probably best for you Nazis. It's kind of like protecting me from myself, I guess. So, um, but now I feel like I'm in the spot where, you know, I've kind of reached that three to four week threshold that they told me to kind of lay off the gas. I'm right like there. I think this is my third week coming up on Monday. So I'll probably still limit myself in sparring, maybe not spar this week, but um, you know, I I still want to be in the advanced class. I think I, I can do a little bit more than I was doing before, but I, I'm still hesitant to go 100% and start to spar again. So I think this week, uh, definitely aiming to go to the advanced class, but I'm still going to be a little bit more cautious with my ankle because I don't want to push it back too soon and then have a you know, setback where I'm out again for another month. For a couple months, yeah. yeah. So uh, something that you said is something that I really particularly appreciate of our academy is the mindfulness of injury. So back when I hurt my shoulder, when I talked about it, you know, earlier in the podcast or a couple episodes back, um, Professor Junior, who was with us at the time, uh, like when you're in the moment, you you feel like you're good to go. Like yeah, when the adrenaline is running and you've been training for the last 45 minutes, you like some of these pains just go away because mm-hmm. again, adrenaline kind of takes over. Um, and I really appreciate how professors and coaches um, protect you from yourself. Okay. Because like, I remember this one time I was like, no, I'm good to go. And I was going to go roll with one of our blue belts. And then Professor Junior was like, no, you're going to sit. I was like, I'm fine. I can go. And he's like, nope. And he made me sit. 
And it's yeah. like, I really appreciate that from, from our academy where it's like, as long as you're communicative and you tell them, hey, this is what's going on in my body, they respect that. And then they protect yeah. you from yourself in the future. Because yeah. again, when you're there and you're in the moment, you want to go and you want to fight, mm -hmm. but it's like your body can't and they know your body can't. So yeah. they protect you from hurting yourself. Yeah, um, so I, I do appreciate that. Yeah. Shout out to professors and coaches because... That's and even something. our teammates like yeah. i remember i think it was when i first told one of our teammates i think last thursday one of our blue belts um he's a great guy really great to train with he's you know always teaching us a lot and i told him i was like this is what's going on in my ankle and he was like oh my gosh like what are you doing here and i was like no like i can still do like a little bit of activity and then uh when it was time to spar he was like no man he's like we're not gonna go 100 we're not gonna you know roll hard he's like just take it easy He's like, just work on your game. I'll work on my game, and we're not gonna, we're not gonna do the full thing. He's like, take care of yourself, man. He's like, you're still young. You don't want anything to pop. And I was like, yeah, I appreciate that because the thing is, like, I know these people are, um, especially a lot of the people that we roll with and that we train with consistently. A lot of them are competitors. A lot of them are, they achieve like high level stuff. So sometimes I feel bad. I'm like, man, like I don't want to slow you down. Like I know, like every training session means a lot, and you know, I don't want to be the person to slow you down. That you have to like tone it down because of me. So sometimes a lot of times that's why, you know, we roll together because I don't want to be the person that slows somebody else down just because especially right now with my ankle, like sometimes I have to take like a 30 second, like a minute break and like my ankles acting up and I'd rather waste your time than somebody else's. Um, so I think that has to do a lot of a lot with it as well. But I do appreciate, you know, that everybody's very respectful and mindful. Like when you tell them like, hey, like, you know, this is going on. Um, it's just it's it's a very great environment because everybody's really watching out for each other and, and it makes you feel like you know like because sometimes i'm uneasy training with injury sometimes i think that's normal i think a lot of people feel like man like what if this gets worse or what if something happens so i think that's the main thing for people who are listening who don't train with us uh if you're looking for a gym make sure they're mindful of your health as well just because i've, I've read like horror stories of other gyms where people are like oh like like coaches will tell me like not nah, like if you sit down like you're fight you're through it fight yeah. through it yeah and I, I think that's a, that's a dangerous mentality because I think a lot of people, um, you know, just to look, not, I guess not to look good, but just to um, listen to what your coaches are telling you, because it's always like a figure that you respect. A lot of times people will go ahead and do it anyways, even if it's, you know, not the best option for their health. And I do appreciate that our gym is very mindful of, and it's not just with us, it's with everybody, like whoever mm -hmm. comes in and even our teammates, like if somebody tells us like, Hey, I'm dealing with this, like, take it easy with, you know, like chokes, like I, I mean, you know, I injured my neck. Take it easy with the chokes. I'll be like, okay, that's fine. You know, I respect that. And um, it's like that with everybody. Everybody has that, you know, that open communication. Like I'm not afraid to tell somebody that that we train with. Like, hey, like someone's like this and this is hurting right now. Yeah, let's like, not we... let's not work on like wrist locks because this. Yeah. Or let's not work <laughs> yeah. on this. Yeah. yeah, and I think that kind of falls under the mantra that Gracie Baja has kind of set, where it's like jujitsu for everyone, right? It's like yeah. regardless of where you are. Or regardless of what's going on in your body, like we got to respect, like you can still do jujitsu. We can work around those injuries yeah. and your training partners should work around those injuries. Mm -hmm. um, so if your gym is not doing that, then um, you should, that, that kind of should raise some red flags, right? If your yeah. gym is, is like fight through, you know, your broken ankle or fight through this, yeah. you know. <laughs> There are people at our gym who are like that who say, but they only do that for themselves. For so themselves. Like they, yeah, they're not going to tell you to do it. Yeah. Right. So like there's people at our gym who have like messed up wrists, messed up ankles. They tape them up and they keep going and they fight. But that's their decision. They're not going to force somebody else to do that, you know, mm -hmm. but that's a whole yeah. other conversation. All yeah. right. So anything else to wrap up? 
that's pretty much it. Looking forward to more training this week. We're feeling yep. good. I think uh, this weekend, I think we've had even more time to heal. So I think I'm ready. I'm, I feel good to go this week. Definitely. So I, I agree. This week is going to be a good week. We're going to train a try and train a whole bunch as much as we can and, and keep our bodies uh, together. So yeah. <laughs> thank you for listening and uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Yeah, take care. Os. Os. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Our episodes release every other Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe on the platform of your choice. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and more. Thank you again for listening and os. Os.